Hey there, and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Garrity. Today, our guest is Alex Delivet, the founder of Collect, a platform that helps businesses collect and manage client documents. Alex also founded B2B Rocks, a tech conference dedicated to B2B and SaaS startup. In our conversation today, Alex talks about what he learned from founding his first company, especially when things didn't go according to plan. He sheds light on the evolution of the SaaS startup scene in France, and we chat about document and data collection, and why the future will involve fewer documents and more direct, automated connections between platforms. So let's get things started and head over to our podcast studio to meet Alex Delivet. Alex, you're very welcome to the show. We're delighted to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> and in your office. Yeah, yeah. You're you're I think you're only the second person since COVID started who's like come into the Intercom podcast studio here in the Dublin office. So yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I, I'd love to talk a little bit about your journey in your career to date and where did your interest in SaaS and tech come from in the first place? Well, tech when I was a teenage, I started coding. You know, it was a little bit too late to have the dot-com period. So I, I was passionate about tech and, uh, and coding also at this time. And then I would say I forget this love for nearly seven to 10 years. And eventually, I would say five years after the beginning of my career, I decided to go back to tech. I was like, I felt that it was really interesting. And so I started the first startup called TripXP, which was a marketplace for activities, like what Airbnb does right now with activities. But, well, we, we did all the mistakes that you can make. <laughs> well, that's what, I, I mean, I, I totally want to ask you all about this because, so this was the first company that you founded, yeah. am I right? So, like, what was that like, you know, just from a, an experience point of view of, of just setting something like that up? It was, well, at, at this time, so it was in 2011 or 12, startup were not such a thing in, in France or in Europe. And so... We had a very good press cover, lots of things, but in the end, we didn't really know how to build a real startup. And so I would say, well, I told you, I, I made lots of mistakes, include, for example, doing that with partners that were not full-time. None of us had technical skills. We used, well, an agency to build a product. And I would say, and the biggest one, because you could go through those mistakes, but the biggest one was that the economics of this kind of business were not good. So even if we did a great job, in the end, it couldn't become a real unsustainable business. So yeah, that's why we decided to to close it. I suppose you probably learned like a, a lot from a lot. from all of that. Yeah. Well, well, one of my biggest learning was about the the importance of having technical skills internally, because when we realized that the business couldn't be a sustainable business, so I was the CEO of the, of the company, I was looking for solution. And at some point I was like, okay, maybe we could pivot and become a SaaS for the activity professional that, well, needs something to manage their activity, well, their, their business. One of their problems was that 
they could post activities on lots of different platforms. But in the end, I would say the, the publication was not really, really the problem. The real problem was to know that each platform did this kind of performance. If you want to update your agenda or your calendar, you can do it all at once. And so we thought about doing this pivot, but it was impossible in our setup. So, and then I was like, okay, never, ever, <laughs> never again, <laughs> never again, never again. So where, where do you go after, you know, after that experience? Like what, what, what is the next step? Well, actually at this time I was blogging, you, you remember when we had our personal <laughs> yes. blogs. And so I was blogging and I saw an event in the US organized by 500 startups about B2B companies. And I thought it was interesting and I post a blog post saying at the end, should we do the same in France or in Europe? And some people told me, yeah, if you do that, I would attend to the event or I would love to speak at the event. And so I decided to launch this event. And so it was called B2B Rocks and I, and I launched it in 2013. From there, I met uh, the guy at eFounders famous startup studios, well, I would say specialized in SaaS. I worked with them in 2014 and 15, some, well, events in the meantime. And in 2016, I did a big one, well, big one for me uh, in France. And I also launched it in Sydney. But in the end, I wanted to, to launch a new SaaS. And you know, well, I don't know if you know, but organizing an event is like very time consuming. You need to focus on that like for months. Yes. Um, yeah. And what was the landscape like, you know, in France before that, you know, when people were saying like, hey, if you put this event on, you know, I'll come and say, was there very little by way of B2B or SaaS events? Yeah, I think it, it was a little in France and it was also little in Europe uh, or worldwide. When you when you look, for example, at the MarTech uh, landscape, yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, this, uh, this landscape, but... I think at this time there were probably, well, maybe 500 SaaS in the world, maybe not in the world, but famous SaaS. Yeah. Now there are like 5,000 or even more. Yeah. So it was not the same landscape. Yeah. And like you say, you know, it, it, events is such a, it's such a hard slog. It's such a, and, and you were kind of pretty much doing this all on your own. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. How did you sleep? <laughs> I don't know. And, and actually, a few days before the the last event that I, I organized, I was like, okay, what's happening if I, I can't do it? Yeah. The, well, I don't have any team, so nobody to do that. So, yeah, it was too stressful for me. What I suppose, like, it must have been a great kind of place to get insights you know, to have all these people who hadn't the opportunity to speak and suddenly they're all coming together, like to, you know, give impart their wisdom. Like it must have been a great place to, to pick up all sorts of insights. Yeah. And what I love by organizing those events was doing the preparation call. Basically, I had a call with all the speakers to define what could be the interesting topics and so on. And and that's, I would say, what was the most interesting for me. And fast forward, I think that's one of the reasons I launched a podcast in French called SaaS Connection, because I wanted to, to add, well, to keep this kind of contact with SaaS founders. So when you came to the end of that, so you sold 
B2B rocks. Yeah, I saw, I sold it to a VC firm that was pretty unknown in France. I think it was a good VC firm, but they were not as famous as it could be. And so I, I was in touch with them and they told me, you know, it could be a good asset for us. So we would be, I would say, in the center of this ecosystem at least once a year. And so they decided to buy it and to, to do new events again. And then, well, I think they did it for two or three years and COVID hits. <laughs> and so after COVID, the, I would say the production team was not in the company anymore. So they were like, okay, should we go or not? They called me back. Do you want to <laughs> to buy it back? <laughs> and I was I was launching the, the podcast, so I told them it makes no sense for, for me to, to do that again. But I did the introduction with the new buyer, which is called Advisor. Well, Advisor is kind of G2 or Captera competitor, not only in French, but mostly in French. And so it made lots of sense for, for them to buy it and to organize the event again. And so they did the first one in uh, in Montpellier uh, this year. We talked a little bit about what the scene looked like when you set up the conference in the first place. Like, what does it look like now? You know what I mean? Like you were back then kind of at the very kind of like start of it, the melting pot, like as it was coming together. And like you said, the difference between, you know, the, the names of SaaS companies you would have known then has like, you know, yeah. exploded. So, but, but what does it look like in France at the minute? Now I think it's, well, the, the SaaS startups are pretty good. We've got good ones. We've got some good SaaS coming from eFunders, but also maybe you've heard of Station F, which is the largest incubator, I think, in the world. Like there are 30,000 square meters. So it's really huge. It's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it helps lots of SaaS and there were lots of, I would say opportunities. And there are also pretty good VC firms in Paris. We are pretty close to London also and to the US. So right now, the good SaaS can be funded also by US funds or funds coming from the UK. So I think it's pretty solid right now. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's good to hear. And I think also one of our particularity is we've got lots of SaaS in the growth industry. So I, I don't know why, but we've got lots of SaaS, for example, like Phantom Buster, Lemley's, La Grosse Machine, this kind of, of, yeah, uh, yeah. of, of startups to, you know, to automate all the connection in, on LinkedIn and so on. And I don't know why it's, it's seems it to be something that, that, yeah, yeah, that is pretty French. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> French and US. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. And so Collect, then, where, where, like, where did the idea for it come from? Like, what sparked it? Well, the, the idea came, like, a long time ago from a personal need. When I was organizing B2B Rocks, I was in touch with lots of people, including speakers, partners. Uh, so I needed to collect lots of things, you know, the bio, the, the photo, the logos, and, and, so, and, and so on. It, I, I bet it gets uh, messy. Yeah. And, and it was always the same, you know, you you're sending reminders and then everybody's sending you the assets on the due date or even after. And so it was a real problem for me. I tried to automate it with forms, Zapier and so on, but I couldn't really find a solution. So I was like, okay, 
let's do that. But at the beginning, I was like, okay, it could be helpful for all the industries. And so I did the probably the biggest mistakes in terms of marketing, which is not to be focused on one specific use case. And so for nearly two or three years, it was like very, very broad. And right now, I would say I'm more feeling what the real needs, what are the different opportunities. And also, I know, for example, the industries that I don't want to work with <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and all those where I want to double down. So, yeah. So how, how would you describe it? Like for someone listening in, like how would you define yeah. Collect at the minute? So I would say I will do two pitches. Uh, the first one is Collect until now. And the second one is Collect in a few weeks. So until now, Collect is a document collection platform. So basically, and mostly, we are collecting documents and data from our clients. Let's take an example. You're buying an apartment and your realtor, they will need to collect lots of documents to prepare everything. And so they could send you an email, but it will be quickly messy. And all they can use collect and have everything in one place. They can approve and reject specific documents. And we are not only accepting documents, but also data using forms. So this is, I would say, the pitch until now. Now, the, I would say our bigger vision, but also more specific, is to focus on customer onboarding. And I would say mostly for SaaS. I see more and more SaaS and also vertical SaaS that needs to get documents, data, and also kind of a project management to onboard their customers. Yeah. And so the idea is to be the platform to do that. That's fantastic, yeah. And you mentioned there, like, you know, data, and so, like, obviously security and yeah. compliance <laughs> are, you know, is going to be <laughs> a big part of that. So, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that and knowing your customer and, like, where does that come in, you know? Why is that important? Well, I think why it's important to, to know their customers. You yes, mean, you mean? yeah. Well, this is not something new, but I think it always exists, but it was not considered as, as important as today. There are different reasons. One of them is most of the time you're not in contact personally with your customers. So if you're a business online, then you don't really know who is at the opposite way. So you don't really know if it's fraud or not. So you need to check that for because you don't want to be screwed up but also because of regulation. And, and more and more industries are concerned by this. So also, I think that, for example, if you jump back maybe seven or eight years ago, fintech was nearly not a word. And at this time, it was really unclear what you're supposed to do or not. Now it's becoming very clear and everywhere. So I think that while EML, KYC, and so on are I would say, concerning more and more businesses. Yeah, and it's, I suppose, like you said, like it's just expected now, you yeah. know, in a way that it, it, it hadn't been. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm saying that we are repositioning. Even if we can really help lots of business to do QICs, we're not the best one for this. Because, for example, you've got all the SaaS that all, also does, I would say, fraud recognition, automated, which will be connected to databases and so on. We are not. We are just here to, right now to collect the documents and to give them to a new human, which will say, 
if it's valid or not. So, well, I mean, we are facilitating what can be done right now by email, but it's not as perfect as, as it could uh, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's also one of the reasons we are trying to move to the customer onboarding, which makes more sense for us. Yeah, absolutely. And then, well, you know, customer due diligence, you know, is a big part of the knowing your customer, you know, kind of area. And I suppose what types of customer due diligence, you know, what, what are the types and when should businesses be using them? Yeah, I think, well, most of the time it's their partners that are requiring this kind of document. So for example, let's say a SaaS that does a point of sale system, they will probably work with payment gateway. And so the payment gateway will require these kind of documents. And these kind of documents, it could be the ID of the manager, it can be the registration documents. So this is the kind of document that are collected using Collect. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode 1 is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt-or-die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise, old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service. And it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right, and see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. In terms of the future of like data compliance, you know, what do you think the future looks like for it? I think it will be more and more, I would say, frictionless because we already see that for different types of documents. For example, for banks, some mortgage workers, they are not expecting, you know, bank statements as PDF. But they will ask you, okay, can you connect your bank account? So directly to the, well, to the bank. And it can be the same, for example, for taxes. So I think the future in terms of document collection will be less and less, I would say, real documents and more and more connections. But this is for, I would say, only for the KYCs. But it will stay the same, for example, for customer onboarding, because if you are a point-of-sale system, then you will probably need to get the menu from the venue. You will probably need to get the internal map or the logo. And this is kind of thing that can't be done different, well, in, in another way than 
collecting documents. Well, I was going to say, you know, do you have any big plans kind of for the rest of the year, next year? But I suppose it's this change in collect, this... Actually, already a big plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other one that we have already started is the integration. So right now we, we have, I would say, a very good integration with AppSpot CRM. And so the idea is directly from your CRM, you can send a request to your customers in one click and once, well, validate everything into your CRM. So we need to finish it and to, I would say, to, to close a loop. So when everything is collected, to be able to re-inject them in the CRM. And so the plan also is to launch that on different CRM. So, well, Pipedrive and Salesforce and, and so on. Brilliant. And so where can people kind of keep up to date with all of that? Where can they find you online? Are you on Twitter? Yeah, so they, they find us online at usecollect.com. Well, the name is Collect, but <laughs> yeah. the, the URL is Use Collect. Use Collect. So, yeah, I've got lots of customers that say, we are using Use Collect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's usecollect.com. We do have a, a Twitter account, Use Collect. And my personal account is AlexD on Twitter. And we are also on LinkedIn, of course. Perfect. Well, I'll put all those links in the show notes and on the blog post for anyone to find. But Alex, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Liam. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Alex Delivay. That's it for this week. We'll be back next Thursday with more Inside Intercom. This is Inside Intercom.